37-year-old Russell Schirmeyer didn't set out to be a farmer. He trained as a mechanical engineer before deciding to move his family to farm a desert-dry, wind-whipped 800-acre plot of land in Bruno, Idaho, deep in cowboy country. He likes to say that the land would grow sagebrush if you didn't farm it. It was tough going at first, but he quickly learned that a modern farm needs a sharp business sense and an eye for efficiency. This led him to make sustainable improvements that are good for the farm, his young family, and the environment. Okay, I'm uh, Russell Sherbeyer. I live out here in Bruno, Idaho. Um, we farmed here since 2008. I've got three daughters and a lovely wife. Uh, we farm mainly hay, corn, wheat, a little bit of mint, um, some potatoes and sugar beets, and uh, that's kind of keeps us busy. I love when everything comes together and my daughters can be out in the combine with me for the day and we just combine corn and nothing breaks and you get to spend a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of office time with your family. Bruno's a really unique area. Um, Idaho's got mountains, it's got deserts. Um, right now it's 103 degrees and the last time it rained was June. So uh, here in Bruno, we're kind of on like the, uh, one of the dams, there's a reservoir and that's where the water is uh, held up a little bit and then pumping about five miles to my farm. Um, so we've got a pretty large infrastructure, <laughs> like our town is a town of 116 people. So I think our irrigation system is a little bigger than the town's actual water system. Nobody lives here. We we're in the least inhabited place in the lower 48. Um, just south of us is millions and millions of acres where nobody is at. We pump about 3,000 horsepower um, that runs constantly. That horsepower is, is a very big portion of our bill. We range from four to seven hundred thousand dollars a year in power. The power company that they had a program on this net metering system to do a solar offset of your pumping costs. And I wasn't interested in putting solar panels on my house, you know, to offset, you know, a washing machine. And so that kind of led me down the road of meeting up with some guys that had some like mine that were looking to do a startup company. They kind of had the same idea that I did is that we're looking for longevity, quality, and actual payback on the system. Because as much as I am an environmentalist and a conservationalist, I still have to make money at the end of the day in order to keep the lights on. I have uh, 800 kilowatts of dual axis trackers set across the farm in eight different sites. And those sites are located where my pumps are. So they're kind of spread to where they're a mile to two miles apart. And it's just kind of scattered around the farm where we actually have the load. So we are producing power where the power is being used. My operation doesn't take up a acre of farmable ground. They're set up usually by a pump station or a pivot, and those areas are either unfarmable because they don't have water or are unfarmable because the soil is so poor. So that's that's kind of the motivation was to get it in areas that I'm not taking up farm ground because ultimately I'm a, I'm a farmer, not a, not a solar guy. And I was trying to use this as an energy efficient way to pump water. And that's that's really the motivation is to be more efficient because ultimately, you know, I've got 3,000 acres of solar panels. They're just in the form of corn, wheat, hay, you know, potatoes. They're converting the energy into a product we use. The solar panels are just a concentrated way of producing the same amount of energy, just in areas that aren't productive to, uh, to farm. The, this solar project is probably, you know, project six of a sustainability effort that I've done. 
um, as far as, um, you know, water, water infiltration, uh, soil health, nutrient management. I mean, there's, there's been seven steps leading up to this to where solar is, you know, it might be a little bit more flashy and has kind of a, you know, this great big dual axis solar panel that, you know, is, you know, top of the line, you know, cutting edge, but, you know, behind it is seven, eight years of learning how to make that soil be as productive as possible and really how to tend those solar panels. We live and die by how healthy the soil is, how healthy the ground is around us. So this is, you know, just stage seven of a, of a long process. If we go against our fiscal mind, I just won't be farming anymore. So my morality or my my views on how to save the planet just don't matter anymore because the bank will be taking it back and they'll be selling it to the next guy. Well, what you learn at the end of the day is you actually find out the more in tune you are with nature and sustainability, the more profitable it is for you. So it, it's not really a question of do I want it to be a good thing or not. It's if I want to be a farmer, then I have to. It's actually our lifeblood in order to make sure that that stays a sustainable system. That's Russell Shermeyer in Bruno, Idaho. Today, Russ's operations include nearly 4,000 acres of corn, wheat, alfalfa, and hay, and the largest solar farm in Idaho Power's net metering program. He was also recently named one of Progressive Farmers' best young farmers. The Land I Trust is hosted by me, Rebecca Kling. Produced by Adil Trehan and Jeff Shaw at the Sierra Club, with Josephine Holtzman, Isaac Kestenbaum, and Danielle Roth of Future Projects Media. This episode was mixed by Merritt Jacob. Music by Jeff Brodsky. Special thanks to Caleb Hearinga. Find us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow the series on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by searching the hashtag TheLandITrust, all one word. While you're there, be sure to check out the episode artwork that features original illustrations and animations of all our storytellers by Monique Ray. You can also check out more stories from our past three seasons of The Land I Trust. <laughs>